this is Jane Gunn, the corporate peacemaker and author of How to Beat Bedlam in the Boardroom and Boredom in the Bedroom. And this podcast is about how we can each use the skills and tools of mediation and conflict resolution to deal with conflicts and disputes at work and at home. I'm speaking today with Warren Smith, who is one of Britain's leading professional free skiers and the director of the Warren Smith Ski Academy. Warren is also a performance coach and ski instructor and author of the Go Ski Books with Dorlin Kindersley. Hello, Warren. Hi there, Jane. So, Warren, free skiing um, is a high-risk sport. Um, I mean, tell us a little bit about free skiing, firstly, what, what, you, what you do when you're free skiing that we don't do when we're just skiing on the piece normally. Well, the free skiing is a, I guess it's a, it's a sport that's evolved. It's, it's been around in, in skiing for many years. People have always wanted to ski off piece. Yeah. Um, but in the last sort of 10 years, it's kind of one of those trends, I think, that was helped along with, uh, with snowboarding. Um, but, but recreational skiers now, not, not just uh, advanced and expert skiers, but standard level recreational skiers are, are, are kind of trying to, to ski off piece as much as possible now. A lot of the yeah. equipment manufacturers are making and producing is geared towards off piece skiing and, and free skiing. Um, so it's, it's become a very popular aspect of skiing. Uh, and it was also one of those those things that people set as a goal so you know free skiing as such um is something that that people would try to to aim to get towards after a week or two of skiing it may be something that an intermediate struggles with but it's something that their uh, their goals are set towards so um yeah that's one aspect of it and the other aspect i think of free skiing is it's a it's a competitive strain of skiing it's how a lot of athletes may compete on uh, a freeride event which, which kind of consists of skiing down um quite a tricky mountain face it looks okay if you're looking at the face but when you're looking from the top downwards um it's another story so <laughs> it always looks worse from the top down doesn't it? it always it always <laughs> looks worse from the top down i mean you can study a face with binoculars and decide as an athlete um you know which you had to do in the past as to what line you're going to take and quite often when you uh, when you get to the top of the mountain looking down you you just wonder what you were what you were looking through for those binoculars because it doesn't actually look anything like it so it's um it, it, that's a couple of explanations of what free skiing is so it's kind of um it's kind of more high risk because you're skiing on terrain where although you've taken a look at it, it it's not pasted as, as as we intermediate ski on it's um it, it's more rugged maybe and there may be obstacles in the way and more challenges is that right yeah, that's right. There, there are there are a few challenges actually. I mean, certainly from a technical skiing point of view, um, you know, it, it's a challenge. It's something that is not groomed as as the groomed piece would be. It's much more difficult to steer your skis through off piece snow, and it's it's forever changing. It can come in so many different forms. Um, you know, free ride terrain where it can be perfect powder, really light powder snow. It can be a snow that's been affected by the sun and, and, and the wind even. Um, and it can just generally be a, a rough terrain where, you know, the the snow itself has, has not really had much snowfall for, for several weeks and it's just rutted and, and, and chopped up. So, you know, from a technical point of view, it, it holds its challenges. I, I think also the from a safety point of view and a risk point of view, you are skiing around in areas that have exposed rocks a lot of the time. Um, and you're also skiing in areas that are prone to avalanche. You know, that, that's something you do hear about a lot in the, in the press and the media is um, avalanches that take place in the Alps and, and, you know, and people sometimes losing their life over things yeah. like that. And yeah. you have to be educated. You have to be, um, you have to have your wits about you really. Have a, um, either be with somebody that you're hiring that's got the knowledge there, you know, to cope with a, with a, 
a rescue situation or, or someone, you know, you, you know, a skier as a, a skier that's effectively trained themselves with to have the knowledge for off piece. So mm. yeah, free skiing does definitely involve a few, a few risks and a few challenges. Mm. And so Warren, I've done one of your courses. Um, and I, and I know that, um, when you're coaching people, you, you need to help them to overcome some of the inner conflicts that they have. Um, you know, all skiing is asking us to do something that our body doesn't really want to do. Our instinct is telling us to do something else. Um, or even that we can't do it. So, so how do you help people to overcome those inner conflicts? Well, there's, there's certainly that, that you know, it's there, it's, it's in your face when you, when you see you know, people trying to learn to ski. They're standing on a hill that's on a slope that's got a slippery surface. And, and you know, they're, they're, on, uh, they're on planks of wood that are a lot bigger than the, uh, the length of their shoes they normally wear. It's and, madness, uh, really, isn't it? <laughs> and, it, and it's, you know, the skis have been designed to slide and not grip. So yeah. it's kind of, there are obvious fears that get, that get installed. And, you know, the biggest thing really that you, you, you try to do is to give people, you, you try to develop something, a, a skill in themselves that, c- that can get control, first of all. Yeah. Um, and, and quite a lot of the time, you know, we, the, one of the successes of our academy is we look a lot at, um, you know, the, the psychology of skiing and the physiological side of skiing and, and really try and find where they, where they match. And, and, and so many people have obviously have different ways of learning. There's people that are overconfident and sometimes can get themselves into sticky situations like a, a bull in a China shop. Um, there's people with high skill levels that lack the confidence, you know, mm. and then, mm. and then obviously there are people that, that don't have the skill or the confidence and you, and you have to work in a, a different way with them. Um, so we, we're constantly working in um, in situations where you have to think laterally to try and home in on, on what that person's thinking. You have to look, you know, from our point of view, when you're on a mountain, you have to look at which specific skill they, they need or they require and, and a way of getting it installed. I, I think the big thing really um, is there is a, there's a different thing in the marketplace at the moment between ski instruction which is a classic thing that you will hear when someone books a lesson, for example, in a you know ski school in France. The person may not speak that much English, and they ask the person to do something, and, and they kind of hope that they do. <laughs> I think the, the, the big thing in ski coaching is you, you really—it's not just giving out an instruction. You, you really coach the person through getting a success, um, and, and if it's something to do with being able to steer their skis in a specific way to to grip and control speed on that slippery surface. Um, then you know that that's what you try and achieve, and 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 you 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 hammer out different drills and exercises. Um, that in some respects, if the exercises and the drills have been have been timed and um, chosen correctly, you actually take the person's mind off of the the, the immediate challenge, that thing that they are standing on, which is a slippery slope, um, and they and, and you can kind of almost channel their. There, what may be initial negative thought into a, a thought of right. I, I've only got to go from here to here. That is achievable. I could do that if it, you know, almost relating it to another sport, like with an analogy. And once they actually overcome that first little bit of um, uh, being given like a, a, a skill and, and using a drill to sort of to, to develop it, and um, that, that's what we uh, that's what we find gets the first little breakthrough. Then you know, their mind their mind may go back on that aspect of you know, can I uh, can I still do this? But I think as long as you're you're sensible in our game, if you're sensible with the terrain that you're cho- you're choosing for them to ski on, and you're sensible with the uh, the exercise or the drill you're giving them, mm-hmm. um, and and obviously you know there is a psychological psychological aspect to it. You you have to know how to speak to people. It's it's quite a funny thing actually on, on, a, on a typical group, and let's just say we've got between six or eight people in a group. There is always the uh, uh, I, I find at the moment you know when, when there's always twenty percent at the top end of the group that are 
uh, you know, they want to rush from A to B as quick as possible and kind of presume they can do it and they're, they're massively overconfident. Mm. Then there's, there's your 60% in the middle that are, they're kind of uh, middle of the road, I guess. They, they, they have a bit of confidence, they have a bit of skill. And then there's your 20% at the, at the bottom end of the group or the, the lesser experienced end that, that lack the confidence and, and, and will be there. But because of that, there's a certain dynamic you have to put to the group because you know in theory that the group aren't naturally going to be the same. They're not naturally going to – you can't just presume they're going to get on. You know, you've really got to um, get the people at the top end of the 20% trying to relate to aspects of what the lower 20% might be feeling and vice mm. versa and, and really trying to cross over a lot, of, a lot of feelings these people might be having. So actually what you're describing is needing to have quite a strong empathy in a way, which is one of the things we use quite a lot in, in conflict management, having an empathy where, where people are at psychologically in terms of the challenge that they're having to face and you being able to use your skills and training to help them overcome that challenge at whatever level they're at at that stage. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have that right from the start of the week. Mm. And it's you can sort of spin off to another point about safety. If you're not creating that empathy between the upper and lower end of the group um, by the time you get to day two and day three when you may be venturing off into you know terrains that could have a potential hazard or, or something that could be dangerous that's when that um, lack of empathy for each other could actually end up causing a situation you know somebody's rushing off at the front end and and not really taking into account the person at the back then you know you, you may have a situation and what, what we tend to do in those situations which is, it kind of works is that the overconfident person, the person perhaps, you know, thinks very much of their skiing and, you know, you, you can sometimes cater to their ego by giving them that position of saying, right, I'm going to put you in charge of being at the back of the group. You can help me guide this this group of skiers in. And rather than rushing off at the front, they feel quite that they've achieved something being given that responsibility to look after the back end of the group, you know. And you can find that sort of, uh, that really does help um, people relate to each other's situations a whole lot more. So being aware of people's egos as well is important. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. You can, you can. I mean, I think sometimes by combining people, sometimes with opposite opinions or opposite um, uh, feelings to each other, they can sometimes, if it's done in the right way and timed in the right way, they can, they can feed off each other for sure. So, what, what, what do you think is the biggest, the most common fear that um, pupils in the ski academy experience, and and how do you help them overcome it? I think the classic, you know, the, the most common aspect of skiing has to be steeps. It, it, it's standing on a steep terrain. It's where even the, the most technical skiers, whether they realise it or not, they may not be feeling the fear, but they're, certainly their technique would uh, would fall or would drop the level of their technique. It's usually the, the, the situation of when you, you get towards those black runs. I mean, everyone would have heard of what a black run is usually mm. in skiing. And if you're in a black run and you're, um, you know, you're feeling that, that gradient, um, that, that's where people, usually what happens from a technical point of view is they, they sit back on their skis, their weight goes back. It's almost as if they're trying to get as far away from that downhill side of the slope as possible. <laughs> and and the, uh, it has the reverse effect. It usually makes them speed up their, 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 you know, the pace of their, their turns and, and causes more fear. So I would say steeps is definitely one of the, the, most, uh, the most difficult things for people to overcome. And, you know, it's, it's like these, uh, these sort of, I get a lot of people actually come up to me saying, um, you know, that, that people just serve a very basic level of reverse psychology on people and say, you know, that, that's how they get them through it. But the reality is, it's all very well to just come up with like a reverse psychology situation and, and make someone imagine they're not there or try and talk them down. But, the rea you know, people aren't stupid. They're, you know, there's a certain level of intelligence where 
you get to a point where you have to, you, you, you can't just feed someone something that you expect them to believe, especially when they're standing on a slope that looks like they're going to, um, you know, slide a couple of hundred meters down it. They, they may tell you something very abruptly different to what you, your opinion might be. So, <laughs> so it's really, it's really a constant battle between developing their skill level and getting the timing right to introduce them to that steep environment. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is as well, you know, if if a coach or the instructor has the experience. There are ways of getting down the steep slope. Uh, this kind of reverts back to my point about um, another aspect of my job, which is the, the competitive side of free skiing or free skiing down a, an off-piece face. You know, mm-hmm. looking at a face uh, from the front, looking up at it, it's a very, very different picture to, to having yourself at the top of the slope and looking down. Um, and if you, if you have a good knowledge and you do your preparation work correctly, you can sometimes take people onto a face that is a black run that could be something like 40 degrees. Mm. But it may be 40 degrees just looking at the straight, narrow, middle line of the slope, with kind of almost with blinkers on. But if you can look a little bit more laterally and um, do a bit of good planning, you can almost ski areas of the slope where you can get people to put in their critical turn on a specific area. It could only be like four or five meters of an area that's covering a quite a few hundred meters of space. But if you plan it and time it right, you can get them to put their turns on in a specific area where they you know, they end up getting to the bottom of the run. They, they realize they've just skied a 40-degree face. But every time they turn, they could have been turning on specific little bits of gradient that were 25 degrees. Right. So, you know, you can imagine this, the achievement or the self-achievement someone feels when they get down a, a black run. But you know you've done your job right. You, you, you've, you've given the, uh, the skills to go in there with. And um, and you've got the, the timing right. Um, where you sometimes see the issues is obviously um, in group management, people may just ski, unfortunately for them, onto an area of the slope that's even steeper than the norm. So it, it's really it's really about the management of it. And, um, you know, there's been situations, there's, there's been uh, situations where you find people, you know, they, they definitely lose it or, or, or someone in the past may have totally lost their confidence. Um, but there are ways around it. You know, I, I often find if someone someone does that, you know, getting very close to a person, being right next to them, sort of almost securing them, you know, standing below them yeah. uh, and standing in a position where if they were going to fall, they're going to fall into you. It's not going to yes. end up in a, in a disaster. So we always kind of lock down the, the security on that. And, and that, you know, talking to people in a, in a calm manner, talking to them about the reality, not, not just sort of feeding them something that's that sort of uh, uh, false bit of information to get them through it, but talking to them about all the, you know, the, the specifics. And, you know, if you fall over here, if it happens, and if you do fall over, you're not going to go flying off 200 meters down the mm. slope. You're literally going to fall to just there, and let them sort of, um, you know, equate to how far they're going to fall. It's only two meters. I'll pick you up. We'll turn around and we'll, we'll get going in the next direction. Um, and just talking them through in that sort of calm manner, you know, it makes a makes a big difference. So what you describe sounds very similar to what I might do in conflict coaching because I'm helping people to overcome sometimes their fight or flight reaction to, to conflict, to dispute, to, to feeling angry with someone and trying to stop them escalating or to stop the dispute escalating. You're actually trying to stop the person escalating down the slope. But Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it, that, that's one side of it, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, it is that. It, it sounds like it crosses over with what you're talking yeah, about. I yeah. mean, something, something that probably crosses over even more with what you're saying is, um, 
is uh, one of our other um, training programs, which is uh, our instructor training courses. Okay. Um, they're like a nine-week course that we run in mm-hmm. uh, in Verbier in Switzerland, and also in, in Safe in Switzerland in the summer months. But they're these courses which you may have heard about the gap year courses, where people go oh, away yes. for nine weeks, and a lot of people seem to be doing them. And we've been running these courses uh, before there was such the word as a as the gap year course now, but obviously they are labelled as gap year courses, and it's quite interesting. We've often sort of threatened to, uh, to put some cameras up in some of their chalets they're all staying in. It's a bit like Big Brother syndrome. You know, <laughs> there's uh, 40 people um, over the nine-week period. And you can imagine, well, I mean, it, it would almost be like we need to hire Jane Gunn to come in and actually um, sort some of the things out that actually go on there. Because so, so many people um, are different. And you yes. can one of the big things we say at the start of the course is we, we make a very clear introductory speech when we have this group. And we, we actually warn people that you're in a room of people that you are not meant to get on with. You know, in this room, naturally, five or six of you will go off into one direction because you're very comfortable with each other and a lot of your um, your upbringing and everything matches to make it much easier for you to get on. But on on these courses, we, we make a very clear point that we, we, we force people into situations of having to get on with people that are obviously different. And whether that's a, a social aspect or whether that's a, a professional aspect or, or whatever thing may make them want to go in different directions away from each other into their own kind of clique you could say we uh we, we force them against the clique and um and kind of make them have to get on with each other and, and we mm-hmm. develop specific teaching scenarios we we arrange our groups in um you know in specific ways and it's information that I've, you know same sort of information I, I think i've gathered from you in the past or things we've learned from yourself is that you know we, we've used some of that information you've given us and that, that's that in the past has actually helped us with scenarios um, on on bigger groups and dealing with people where there are obviously going to be personality clashes, you know, it's worked very well. You know, we've had some great results in, on the gap year course. Um, and of course our gap year courses are not just the, the 18 to 20 year old sort of gap year courses we run our gap year courses for all ages, you know, so someone on our course could be 16 years old. They could be 65 um, oh, could perfect. A, I can feel my uh, gap year coming up. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how many people are, are looking to get that sort of break from work and take three month window and, and do it. But uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting to watch. So what about as a business owner, uh, Warren, I mean, you've talked there about being a team leader, um, uh, but as a business owner, are there uh, other particular challenges that, that you've, you've faced as well? I think, I think, um, yeah, the, the, the challenge is, I mean, I, I always prioritise my staff and I would always put my staff as the, the most important thing in the business. There's no doubt about that. I mean, we have a, we have a great team that work for us. It's kind of almost developed like a family. But you, you have to stimulate, you know, the staff. You have to make sure there's, there's goals and there's things that are either developing in the business or developing in the actual uh, day-to-day job that they're doing. I mean, we, 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 we run a, a course, for example, in Japan, like a, a powder ski camp. Um, and you know, one of the reasons for obviously running the Japan camp was to go and ski bottomless powder. But if I'm honest with you, one of the the big factors, um, for me was, you know, the idea that my staff are based in a, in a ski resort for, you know, five or six months, even if it's the most sort of, um, motivating work that they're doing, they're teaching, you know, good level skiers, they're teaching people that, they're not just rocking up for a private lesson and, and booking a lesson. These are people that have booked the, the courses four or five months in advance. Um, so they're getting a very interesting kind of uh, mix of clients, and it's something that stimulates them. But even if the work's stimulating, um, the environment that they're working in, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it sounds ridiculous to think that a, a ski resort and working in a place like Verbier in Switzerland could, could get mundane. But the reality is you have to take that into account. Um, 
And what I noticed was when we started the Japan course, um, the staff obviously had a great time in Japan, but to take them out of the, uh, the European environment of the Alps and Verbier and take them into the culture of Japan, they came back into uh, to Verbier for the last half of the season, the sort of half of February and March and April. And they, were, they had such a good spirit about them because they had um, had something that really took them out of their environment. You know, it was a great working experience and, and just re- revitalized them, you could say, halfway through the season. I mean, we benefited from that. And, and there's no doubt they gave even more energy to the courses they were running. Um, so that, that, that's something that I'm, that I'm constantly looking out for as a, as a business owner and trying to lead my team in a way that, you know, definitely creates challenges for them and keeps them stimulated. Um, I think from a, another point of view as a team leader, there are, even though we've got a, you know, a small team of, of 10 of us in the academy, um, same sort of principle really as, as, as what I was talking about earlier with the gap year course, there are, you know, conflicts. There's no doubt that, um, mm. some of the guys will, uh, at some stage, um, not have major grievances. It doesn't really work like that. We're a very down to earth and we're a very sort of honest bunch, but, um, you can sense, um, where there may be conflicts overcome or someone starts to niggle someone and, you know, uh, behavior patterns that, um, that if, if done on a, uh, a repetitive basis can certainly um, cause another person to be to be niggled. So, yeah, I do have to manage that, and, and that is a that is a challenge. You know, it's, it's a big challenge of the business. I would say it's interesting you talk about energy because I think that um, you know one of the things that conflict does is to drain energy from people or drain energy from a relationship. Whereas, you know, you're talking about being able to inject energy into people and into situations, and it's one of the things that having an adventure together, whether it's as your workplace team or part of your um, ski pupil team, you know, you're, you're generating that energy among people, which is fantastic. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, you know, the, the staff, they do get to do that. I mean, we, we have different, I think one of the, the, the best things is there are, there are different locations to the work. It's not just in Verbier. It's, mm. it's in the UK at the indoor snow domes. It's at the, the ski show in London. You know, we're, we're at the, the summer courses are up in Sasfe in the summer. There is a constant change of scene, and, and that does help. But um, but you're right. I mean, uh, the negative energy uh, you, you can feel it drain, mm. um, and, and it has to be managed. I think you know, as a as, as a manager of the business, as long as I'm um, as long as I'm aware of things like that, or have been made aware of, of things like that by people like yourself, then that helps avoid it dropping into the lull because the lull of negative energy is it's not just a the output or what can be seen on the outside it's it's actually the the, the value you know the actual uh the, the profit you could be losing yeah. um as as to how the product's given out you know it could be a massive situation with financial implications so we have to keep a very close watch on that and and hopefully um you know we're ahead of the game hopefully there's enough sort of prior knowledge now um that we've taken on board that we uh, we can manage situations like that before they may occur Excellent. So, so Warren, if you had one key tip to give listeners today, uh, what what would you be? What would that be? I think you know, the, the, my, my main thing I would say was to is to be open minded to learning and taking advice. I mean, I, I think when I'm still doing it now, and um, I don't think the business would be where it is right now if I hadn't taken advice down the road. I think there'd be so many situations where we may have come across um, pitfalls. You know, areas where we may have severely you know, been hit as a business if we hadn't listened to and taken advice of professionals. Mm. I mean, my speciality is um, ski teaching. Um, you know, I would say a, a, a hopefully a, a lawyer's uh, speciality is law and an accountant, so on and so forth. Yeah. The point of it is, not everybody 
is uh, there as a business person or a consultant to run a business. So, you know, from my, um, you know, from my point of view, as long as I can feed off of others that have, have got that expertise, um, I can hopefully run my business at the, at the best, you know, best possible level I can. Still put my focus into my professional field and my professional job, which is ski teaching, um, but help the business be moulded by taking on um, professional input from others. Excellent. Well, Warren, I've really enjoyed chatting to you today and reminiscing about skiing as well. So thank you very much for your time indeed. No, no worries, Jane. Look forward to seeing you on the snow. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Take okay. care.